Previously on Just Cow in the City. He's a big fat piece of shit. How can there be bird shit all over my car? I park it indoors. What the hell is this? Breakfast. We're not going to Harlem. Are you not getting that this is just stupid? Now look, we don't want any trouble. Here's my wallet. Get a life juice. I'm not going to get rushed out of the fucking restaurant anymore. Time for me to go to the track. Let's face it, Dave Just Cow likes the ponies. David Juska has a podcast And the summer will be a blast Can't believe he's 70 Cause he acts like he's 23 He's a mess and sometimes giddy But he'll always be just guy in the city Tell us more, tell us more Is that what you want? Tell us more, tell us more Should I move to Vermont? Yeah, we made out under the docks We stayed out till 10 o'clock Hi everybody and welcome to the uh, Just Guy of the City I forgot the name of the podcast Hey, you're welcome everybody Hello and welcome to Just Guy Another episode of Just Guy of the City Summertime Fun Edition I am Dave Just Guy, your host Keeping the windows closed and waiting, waiting for the living on Mars effect to end. And it is so crazy here in New York City. You've probably heard that, it, you know, all these fires from Canada, fires in Canada. It makes no sense, right? I mean, when you just think about it to your brain where you're not thinking of thinking of things it's like what well, canada's freezing i mean everybody knows it's just everybody's dread how can there be fires and really i i really just don't i mean i know how there can be fires but i just still don't understand it and i for the life of me don't understand how yesterday that's when this all happened i mean it's still going on the air quality the nonsense the the going back to wearing masks outside now i'm recording this on Thursday this week because tomorrow I decided I'm going to go to the track. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I got a friend playing at this place like at the track. It's like a I don't know what it is. It's called the Blue Grotto, I think, at Monmouth Racetrack. And my friend Billy uh, it's Billy wait, I'm getting it mixed up cuz <laughs> I forgot his name. It's Billy Portman, but I was going to say Billy Porter who's uh, that gay guy who's in 80 for Brady and a bunch of other stuff. And then I was going to say Billy, somebody else too, but it's, no, it's Billy Portman. I've known him for a long time. And he has this band called So What? And I was, you know, I always want to see them over the summer because he's a great guy. I was like, well, if they're playing at the track. I haven't been to the track in three, four years. I mean, I think it's time for a nice day at the track, even if it's by myself. Do a lot of do a lot of soul searching there, <laughs> the <track. laughs> because I'm nuts. I'm silly that way. What can I tell you? But so yesterday, the I never left the house because I was told not to. It's the pandemic. All just when you thought everything, just when if you can believe this, just when last week when I was at my mother's. Stupid 
independent living place, they said, you don't have to wear masks anymore. I saw the staff walking around without masks, and then I asked that girl that I know that, I said, are we... Are we done with the mask? She goes, yeah, you can take them off. Now that we don't have to use them at the old age home, just as then you realized it's over, like Howard Stern is even going out, and he's even saying, I went out to dinner, and this is the last guy, right, who was still afraid of stupid stuff and keeping his wife a hostage. Just when you thought it was over, I mean, how classic is that? They tell everybody, stay indoors. Yesterday, uh, I was trying to meet this girl, Jody, who's a manager to the comics, but I also find her very attractive. And I wanted to uh, meet with her to have some coffee during the day yesterday because um, I don't have to work until later. She's like, well, you know, the air quality's poor. And I'm like, you sissy, because she was one of those people that would not eat indoors well after COVID was pretty much over for everyone else. You know, so she was like, Howard or somebody else that's holding on to the deer end. Like, well, as long as we can find an outdoor place, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Because, you know, I hate eating outdoors. So she's, I'm, I'm like, you and your air quality, why don't you shut up? And then I wake up, finally. I mean, I look outside, and I'm, I'm smelling. No, before I woke up, I'm, I'm smelling because my windows were open. And I'm like, what, what is that smell? It smells like a, like a fire. So, I mean, what's going on? And then I look up, and I'm like, wait, I can smell it in my, wait, how the hell? Is that even possible? Plus, this girl's Canadian, too, so I was blaming her. And I'm like, how is that possible? So she's like, yeah, you got to close the windows. Fuck, because, you know, if, if you know my place, if you close the windows, it just remains the way it was. So, like, that smell is going to be in my house. I mean, I don't smell it now, but maybe it's here. I don't know. It, you know, whatever the temperature is, is what it is in my house for the next day and a half. Like, so if it's hot outside, it's going to be hot forever. And if it's cold, it's going to stay cold. It's, like, weird the way works i mean i think the windows are pretty good insulated and i guess that's what it is i guess that's a good thing but yeah i had to close the windows because the smell was getting out of control that's in new york city and then i called her and i'm like listen i was making fun of you because you and the air quality but now i see what you're talking about i mean you've seen the pictures i i, I could look right outside my window and it really looked like we were on mars i mean it was it was crazy I, obviously i've never seen anything like it in my life except in the movies. So, God, you know, another un added onto the list of fucked up shit that's happened since 2000. You know, another thing our parents never would have ever prepared us for where our parents just needed to shut up about anything because these kids born... Around that time, 1997, like my niece Dory, has seen the worst shit. It really just the history of the United States. Well, not the history. Okay. Because the, the, the Revolutionary War ain't too great. And then the Civil War ain't too great. Okay. But in, in what our parents' lifetimes would tell us about stuff, because World War II, as horrible as that is, it took place somewhere else. So I'm saying since 1865... <laughs> I mean, and and of course, back then, if you lived here, you you might have heard rumors about stuff. Now, with social media and, and the instantaneous of everything, and maybe that's what it is, we're getting the basis. So if you're a kid that's born in 1997, you see September 11th, then you see uh, a, 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 these natural disasters that keep happening, like a Hurricane Sandy or worse, 
then you see a worldwide pandemic, then this, you know, then these these weather patterns that our parents never prepared us for. I, I mean, it's it's insane. And it just to just add this one to the list. Why the fuck is it? It's like it's like again, if we lived in another time and 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 you saw an eclipse, you'd be like, "What is happening?" Can you imagine if you lived in another time and all of a sudden it's just red outside? Would you not think the gods were angry? It's terrifying. How could you ever guess if it's sixteen ninety five that? Oh, it's probably those fires in Canada that guy told me about. One of the Indian scouts came. I mean, it's like, oh, right. And Canada is going to fly over. I mean, I still don't understand that. I still don't understand it. And I still don't even understand why it was red. You know, why is it red outside? I just, my mind can't understand it. I can see where smoke would come in, but how is it red? It's like the, it's, it's, it's creepy. And it's, there's some excitement about it in the sense that, it's just so weird. They told us not to go out of the house. Put the masks back on. You gotta be kidding me. So I never left yesterday, but that wasn't a problem. And then I'm just sitting here worried. I'm like, well, you know, the horses better be running at the track on Friday or else. Or else. Just girl's gonna get angry. So that was the story about that. I mean, that's crazy. I know you heard about it, so I gotta talk about it, of course. You've probably all heard, and you're probably wondering, how does this affect Dave Juskow, the Al Franken of his generation? And it's true. How does it affect me? Well, it doesn't so far. But I'll tell you, I'm glad I didn't have to go to the office because my, uh, and you'll see on the bonus show, my coworker took a picture of what I usually show you guys, the Statue of Liberty. You can't see that Statue of Liberty. It's not, it's not visible. It's just a big orange glow. And that's the funny thing. It's like, damn, now I wish I was down there, but I'm glad I wasn't because, well, there was no way I was taking the bike yesterday. I mean, I just, I would have died, I guess, just sucking in all that air while you're riding or whatever. I don't know. It just seemed really bad. My eyes probably would have been burning. You know, I'm having trouble with that anyway. So it seemed like a good idea to come in. I'm surprised they made people come to work yesterday. That seems like if you're, you know, if you're working you know, remotely, that's it's a thing. Just tell people today's a good day not to come in. I mean, really? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if we're, if we're doing this, then that's a good day to tell everybody don't come in if you if you have to. <sighs> Whatever. Right. Am I right? Anyway, let's uh, move on to our podcast. Got lots to tell you this week, even though it's kind of funny because mostly all I have to tell you is about Friday and Saturday. I don't think I did anything else this week and and we're filming earlier than usual so there's only six days of stuff or five i don't know whatever the case may be but let me just start from last week what i'd forgotten to say but i put it in the bonus show again if you join patreon and you want to see the bonus show and the pictures that lead up to this podcast then or whatever i'm wording it incorrectly but you know what i'm saying if you want to see the pictures that coincide with this podcast that i'm always talking about join patreon on the maggie level and you'll be able to see it. And I will tell you, I, I think the people have spoken and they and they like it. They like the bonus video. I, I put a lot of work into it. And I guarantee, like I've said before, I put much more work into my bonus material than anyone else does. That's a, that's a big extra thing to do. So uh, you're welcome. Anyway, I uh, put that I had tried the uh, hot mustard Doritos. 
I had a picture of the bag, and I had forgotten to mention because I know everybody was wondering, well, you know, because I saw uh, Dave Elliott. The thing was like, How, how's the hot mustard? I'm like, oh, I haven't tried it yet because they heard about the tangy ketchup, or as the kid called it in Walgreens, tangy. Uh, the hot mustard, by the way, is disgusting. It's gross, and I was like, well, these aren't that bad. And then I realized after, I don't know, the fifth chip that I'm like, no, 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 I'm done. I'll leave it out. I'll leave it out. I'll go back to it tomorrow. Because, you know, you don't want to throw out a bag. I'm like, no, no, maybe I'll I'll try it again. And then every time I kept running into the bag, seeing it on my counter, I'm like, no, 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 I'm throwing it out. Like, I can't even imagine a time where I'm going to enjoy this again. So they're bad. Ketchup, yes. Mustard, no. The other thing I showed on the bonus show last week, something I'd forgotten to talk about, was me in a production of Bye Bye Birdie in high school. And what I'd like to do, and I don't mind telling you guys, I mean, I don't care to tell you, a, one, a script i was been thinking about writing for years, it's called Black Birdie. And again, I mentioned this, you, you know it from the bonus show, you've seen it, where it's 1979, 1980, and our high school, and particularly the drama teacher at our high school, was putting together a production of Bye Bye Birdie, the normal thing you do in a high school. Everybody does it. And he was using a black Conrad Birdie, black Conrad Birdie. That's the that's the the guy who's kind of like if you don't know the musical, it, it's uh, based on Elvis going into the army. Elvis Presley going into the army. The original stars the movie and the play. Uh, Dick Van Dyke originated the role. I think Dick Gaudier originated the role of Conrad Birdie. Paul Lynn is in the movie and the play. Kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. <laughs> Kids! Kids! I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. Kids! Who can understand anything they say? Kids! They are disobedient, disrespectful oafs. Noisy, crazy, sloppy, lazy loafers. And while we're on the subject, kids! You can talk and talk to your faces blue. But they still do just what they want to do Why can't they be like we were Perfect in every way What's the matter with kids today? Kids! I don't mind the moonlight swims It's the loop-the-loop that hurts Kids! How'll we ever beat the Russians? Kids! what puberty was until it was almost past it. I think it's Cheetah Rivera in the musical, but some other idiot in the movie, you know how they used to do that to women back then, they would just totally dick them over if they weren't camera ready. It's so rude. They did it to Julie Andrews, obviously, but she gave it back to them in full force, winning the Oscar that year, not getting to play, uh, using Audrey Hepburn over her and My Fair Lady, but then she gave it to him punched right in the face and won the Oscar for Mary Poppins that same year. So she said, go fuck yourself. But she said it politely. Well, I just said, go fuck yourself. Go screw yourself. That's a little uh, what John Gilgood from uh, Arthur, I believe. On the other hand, I wouldn't know. I'm just a humble servant. On the other hand, go screw yourself. Talking to uh, Clarence Beeks. <laughs> Paul Gleason. My... 
My daughter, my my niece told me you were different. See, there's a whole bunch of Paul Gleason stuff out there. That guy always played a dick. He's the one that hired George Costanza for the Yankees. Anyway, that all going all off the cuff and everything, we do this production of Bye Bye Birdie, and they cast a black guy as Conrad Birdie. Now, who the fuck gives a shit? But I was told years later that the community had gotten calls like, you're using a black guy for Conrad Birdie if this was in New Jersey. People were upset. Meanwhile, this kid was the coolest guy in school. He was the correct choice. It was controversial, but this director was interesting, and we became friends for years after. You know, like he was he was one of the greatest drama teachers of our time. In fact, he's probably the reason I wanted to be a teacher. He was cool. There were things... Oh, what the fuck? I could just tell you everything. He's a little creepy. Now, maybe back then... He was very into his students, you know, and these aren't college kids. They're 15-year-olds. I don't think anything happened, but who the fuck knows? He was just very involved, and it was not good. Uh, and still, I would be friends with him because I don't think anything happened, but I was friends with him years into college and after college, and I, some of my friends, like David Tell, had met him and Kevin Brennan and all, maybe, you know, met my high school teacher who I worshipped. In many ways, he because he lived in New York City, and he commuted to New Jersey, and at that time, that was the coolest thing. This is also the guy that had me audition for the Floating Light Bulb, which is the Woody Allen play, um, back in in 1982, I guess, or whatever. And he's like, "Come on, I'll I'll bring you in. We'll have breakfast. Maybe we'll meet Woody Allen." I mean, he he really kind of changed things and crafted me because because he really loved theater. He wasn't just a guy getting paid to do a job it was i guess what i'd like to say is that the way i the way i'd like to think my students feel about my clear passion for not just clueless but all these things i'm telling them they, they can clearly feel it otherwise they wouldn't be involved with the class so much they can see how excited i get and that's what this guy was and we just had really the same sense of humor he you know, explained to me about Woody Allen and the greatness of Annie Hall and things like that and and movies and shows and had backstories. And he was like a theater guy in the city who they hired to work in Jersey. And he was cool. And he would do, and my sister and I talk about to this to this day because no one does this, he did four productions a year. Four productions a year in high school. That's unheard of. You guys know. You've been to high school before. There's always a spring musical and that's pretty much all you get in high school theater, except maybe you get a small play somewhere along the line. But mostly, let's face it, the spring musical is the thing, and it's also the moneymaker. But this guy, and I've told you this before, would do uh, a small comedy at the beginning of the year, like right away, the first day we'd have to audition. Then he would do a small musical, like the Fantastics, or the this musical called Celebration, very tiny, you know, small cast musical in the you know winter fall. Then he would do a drama, you know, around February, and then he would do the big musical that bought in the money at the end of the year. Now this guy was kind of, now you're doing Bye Bye Birdie, that's going to make money and that's going to be good. And he did Grease. That's when I was there, but in the middle he did this musical called runaways which was 
controversial again because you know it's like how's I going to bring in money? It's not a fun show. It's about runaways. I think it, I think the author was it Elizabeth Swatos. I can't remember. She's a lot of laughs. I mean, I think her next play was called Orphans. I mean, this one it, it really it, this is not somebody you want to do a high school. But this guy was very very involved and he was serious. So he says. Look, we're casting this black kid, but he is the coolest kid in school. His name was Lincoln Harris, and he used to go by Lincoln Love Harris. Now, that's pretty cool. (laughs) He was swanky and cool, and it all made sense. Nobody was just like, oh, this guy should have gotten it. Nobody, I don't know, I was just a sophomore, so who knows. But as far as I was considered, he was the coolest guy in school. So anyway, I thought it would be interesting to write a script about a guy that's doing a production of Bye Bye Birdie, the, the, the most sappiest you know, musical you could do without any controversy, but adds controversy like to a why, you know, add it. But it was the right choice, but he got a lot of shit, but he stuck to his guns and had this guy in the show and the lead. And so I'm like, this would be, this is very interesting. This is very interesting. You do a little backstory on this guy and his life, commuting back and forth to the city. I don't know. There's something about it. It's like, it's a comedy, you know, but with these overtones, especially in this climate, People would be like, look, this, you know, this was in New Jersey in the 79, 80, and you know, this is something that used to happen. And this guy took a stand. And that's interesting. People like those kind of stories. They might like a people a, a thing like this. We got people on the press, right? Anyway, my sister sent me a photo. She's like, now you have proof, which I showed you on the bonus show last week, where I'm sitting right, I'm standing right next to him because I'm playing the little kid in Bye Bye Birdie. And it's the curtain call, and we're all there. So it's it's just me and Conrad Birdie. Let's face it, I was a huge star back then. You all know this. <laughs> but now there is proof, and that's the photo you would definitely show at the end of the movie, right? Like like uh, Tina Turner. <laughs> like at the, at the end of just What's Love Got to Do With It, the best is that she sings, the real Tina Turner sings at the end. That To me, that made the whole movie. I, I like when... Something like that. Like at the end of um, The Blind Side, which I've seen a hundred times, the Michael Orr movie with Sandra Bullock, and then they show the actual family. I I think that's like the most important part of a a true story movie. When you show the real thing, you're like, wait a minute. Oh, my God, this really was real. Oh, there's the real people. So I think there's something to that. I think it could be really funny, and that's the plan. And I showed the photo last week, but I didn't share with you the story around it let's get down to business because i've already rambled enough for again having nothing to say let's start off with where we left off friday as i was talking about we were going to go to mimi's me and outside steve and our friends alina and john we're going to go to mimi's now i had said that the food there sucked so what happened was john said just don't yeah the pasta here sucks don't order the pasta it's like their sauce isn't very good so I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what I've been doing wrong all this time. You know, it's a very strange place, but it's like a piano bar place, and it's right in my neighborhood. I think it's like 52nd and 2nd, so couldn't have been happier that that was going to be the case. And remember, I told you, I'm just going to try not to drink so much because I have no walk home, and, you know, I got to wake up early the next morning, like super early because I'm working 7 to 3 so I can leave for something at three o'clock in my normal hours. So I'm like, this is a bad day to get drunk. So just take it easy. But who gets drunk at Mimi's? So we get there. 
and everybody's on time. I could not be happy. I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure I'd be waiting there by myself for at least 15, 20 minutes. They were all there waiting. I was like, this is, you guys are the best. They know me really well. <laughs> and and uh, they're very, and they're coming from, you know, all over, like Upper West Side, real far. And they got there on time. Alina just, uh, you know, she doesn't care. She drives. She always finds a parking space right in front. It's fascinating. We get there. We get this great table right on the like the window is like the perfect table that we wanted and we're already just in a good mood the the piano's going the place is kind of hopping it's super fun and the, our waiter comes over and this guy is nuts we still don't understand what the fuck was going on he's just talking and talking he's like you guys are the best you guys are the best he's judging on what you're wearing he's like you look great you look great and then he's pointing to me he's like well you're not so much but but you look like a fun guy, you know, because I was wearing, I think I told you I was wearing my eating shirt, which I totally have stains on. Uh, and I just, I, w- I didn't look my best that day because I knew I was just going out and then coming back. And it just, it wasn't, yeah, I, I looked bad. And you know how upset I get about that, but I wasn't that bad. But he, even the waiter noticed. So that's not good. He's like, you guys, but you, you look like a fun guy. Like it was that same thing that happened with the waiter. Like I, I don't. I don't. I tell you, I must be giving off this fun guy aura lately. Of course, they don't know me that I'm kind of uh, miserable in my existence. So the guy's like, "I'm going to hook you guys up. I'm going to give you some free garlic cheese bread." And he's like, "I'm going to give you free salad." You know what? I'm going to give you a free craft of wine. And like, we're, we're confused because, like, come on, this guy's got to be out of his mind. I mean, he's clearly out of his mind. I mean, he was really funny. He ended up giving us three carafes of wine. Like we were waiting for the next one and it took him a while because he was talking about other tables and we got upset about the, well i got upset about it and then he goes hey i was talking to girls you know and i'm like oh right 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 it's cool but he ended up giving us three crafts that's that third carafe was like a bit much for where i didn't want to be but we finished it and it was and he just pulled it out of look what i got for you guys it was really weird. and i don't think he charged us for any of it i mean we looked at the bill it Wait a minute, he's up to something. This just doesn't make any sense. But I don't know, he just liked us. Then he gave us free shots. I don't even remember what we did. It was like a shot or something. So, goddamn, I was a mess again. You know, but we also had, I, had, uh, I think I had veal parmesan this time, and it was it was delicious. It was fantastic. I just didn't order. So I got the pasta on the side, spaghetti, but I got just butter and oil on it or something, not the sauce, and that seemed to make the difference. And then all of a sudden, the food was pretty good. But it was just the it was fun, and the piano player wasn't very good. Like the girl who was singing just wasn't good. But then they brought in another guy who was much better. But it doesn't matter. It just didn't matter. There's people surrounding around the bar, like a Doris Day movie, uh, around the piano, and it just seemed like fun. I I know I took a bunch of pictures because I'm pretty sure, as you know, we're up to in the Billy Joel podcast. We're up to we didn't start the fire. And so that had been on my mind because I knew we were recording it on Monday and it's coming out in, you know next week. And the guy was playing it on the piano at this bar. So I'm like, this keeps happening to me. You know, I was at that other bar and that guy's playing this crazy Billy Joel songs that no one plays, like 2,000 years. And then this guy's playing, we didn't start the fire. I did not see that coming at a piano bar. Of course, you always see Piano Man. But he was playing multiple Billy Joel stuff. And of course, that's probably been happening for years. But now that I do the podcast, it seems like it's more out there. And maybe it is just because everybody knows if you're in New York and he's doing this residency here, then it makes a lot of sense. Meanwhile, these um, girls 
came up like while we were, you know, just in the midst of drinking and eating, and this really pretty girl just turns to me. She's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I'm like, "Good." And she's like, "Yeah, it's fun here, right?" And I'm like, "What's happening?" I don't, I don't, I don't know what was. I'm telling you, it, it's like you, you're giving off something. I told you, this, you know, and and college girls can smell ignorance. But on these particular two times that these things have happened where some people are just being nice to me, I I must be giving off a fun time Jessica Dan attitude or something. Because I'm telling you, I just can't figure it out where all of a sudden people are just like, yeah, these guys are right. You know, like, you know, it usually takes time to get to know me. And a lot of time they have to put in to realize, no, no, I promise you he's okay. In fact, case in point, when I was at the, the show on Saturday night in Jersey, I just heard from the guy who puts it together. And he's like, hey, uh, everybody tells me you're bad-mouthing Kate, you know, the girl that kicked me in the balls. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. And he's like, well, don't do that. That's not cool. I heard, And don't deny it. I'm like, I'm not denying it. And it's like, she, she's the worst. And they're like, well, I don't want a show like that where people, I'm like, oh, I understand. I apologize. But I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? She's like one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. Like, truly, she's like a really horrible person. So, so you're right. I, I shouldn't be doing that. I, I think it's funny. I'm telling the other comics, oh, this one's crazy. You know, there's nothing to me funnier than saying that this hot girl is just like an awful person and insane. I guess I want everybody else to see it, but he's probably right. It's funny I got fired off that show because uh, he's like sticking up for that horrible girl. But it's it was my fault, and I apologize, and I guess everything will be – I think he finally discovered she's a horrible comic, so I think that'll be the end of that. I mean, Jesus Christ, at least he knows that. Yeah, it's funny. I talked to him yesterday. He's like, hey, why are you bad-mouthing her? I'm like, why am I bad-mouthing her? You know, just made a lot of sense to me. Anyway, so then – you know, we leave this, the guy, our waiter just like, he was just so all over the, then he leaves and he, his motorcycle is parked right outside. We just watch him take his motorcycle, leave him. Like it was the strangest guy. There's no way to explain it. He was just like a real weirdo who, who liked us. And when we got the bill, none of that stuff was on it. it he was for real for some reason. I maybe We thought maybe this was his last day on the job or something. It was so strange. But a really good time. Who knows? Maybe he does that to everybody. Maybe they're closing. I don't know. But it was packed. We didn't get kicked out anytime soon because it's. I think the kitchen's open to one. So it was a really good place to go. And a real fun time was had by all. Now, the problem was I was only like five blocks away from my house. And I was pretty drunk. So I went into this store, you know, that store where they sell weed right at the counter And I was going to buy this, what is it called? Joe's iced tea, I think it's called. I'm like, I'll get one of those because I know I'll need it for tomorrow. And that's the only reason I go in. So I told, I'm like, where's the Joe's iced tea? And he goes, oh, uh, I chose another version. It's called Just Iced Tea. And I'm like, I only come in here because you got Joe's iced tea. I can go anywhere. He goes, well, if if you really want it, I'll get it back. Just try this one. I'm like, oh, well, I'm sorry. You don't have to do that. I well, that's very nice of you. Thank you. <laughs> so I still haven't tried the Just Iced Tea. I have it because it just doesn't look appetizing, but I will try it because I run out of juice. You know, I just have to stock up on iced tea and things that uh, make you happy when you've been drinking. You know, I do, I've been getting this grape ginger ale, uh, I guess from Canada Dry, and it's delicious. It's very thirst quenching, you know, after you've been drinking. So. I got to wake up in, I don't know, four hours. I'm really drunk. 
I'll just sit and watch TV for a little bit and then hope I can go to bed. And I did. And then I woke up and I was sick. You know, like, oh, crap. This sucks. This is exactly where I did not want to be. And I, I, I don't know whether it's the wine or that shot. You know, they have that last shot always does it. And it happens every week I end up doing a shot. And I don't even know what it was. It wasn't Jameson. It was some, I guess, some sort of whiskey. But I just did it because the guy was so nice. And then you're like, what am I going to do? I hope I don't throw up right in his face. But you got to do the shot and get a free shot offered, right? It's very uncool to not do that. It's very uh, disrespectful. So then I woke up. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. This is awful. But I didn't. And then I think I made, you know, I, d- I definitely drank like two things of water really quick, which, of course, always makes you throw up more for some reason. But you have to get it down. And then I think I made coffee at my house. I didn't go out. I think I just made some coffee right away and somehow made it through the day. I, got, I was better by like eight or nine o'clock. I felt better already. And I'm like, all right, I can do this. And remember, I was working seven to three so I could still take a lunch. Uh, because I thought, but I was nervous because I thought maybe we had, to, oh no, I know what I was going to do. I was going to shower during lunch, but I needed a nap desperately. So I took a little nap and then, you know, I was able to shower later just because I wanted to leave exactly at three, but you know, I left at like three twenty or something. And I was trying to, so I was going to this memorial. Oh, by the way, too, when I was walking back home, remember I was telling you, I was my back was killing me it was a mess and it's so funny after that day it just went away like once i started drinking and not thinking about my back there was no issue and going there it, it was a major back a major issue walking there was tough and then once i was drinking i hadn't thought about it and the pain just went away it, it's really weird so what does that mean about back pain there we are again is it was it a true back pain or is it in your mind it's very difficult to figure out back pain so i don't know that was interesting so anyway, I was going to the Silver Friedman Memorial. As you know, this is the woman that used to run the improv here in New York City, who I really couldn't stand, who was just really, in my mind, a piece of shit. But I love her daughter very much, Zoe. So that's why I was going. And it was at this place called the Producers Club, which is right above where the improv used to be. But it's a, uh, the Producers Club is like a, a seedy, horrible place full of AIDS and COVID. You know, that's what you feel like when you're in there. I was trying to figure out the best way to get there. I'm like, should I take my car? Should I park there? Because I know I got to go to the thing after. Is it going to be crowded? It was really messing up my mind. So I finally figured out what I'm going to do is I'm just I'm just going to go there on the bike or the scooter or whatever it is, and then I'm going to walk to my garage. I feel there's enough time for me if I leave at 6. The thing is from 4 to 6 that I could make it to my garage and then get out in time. That still gives me two hours to get to the show. But that's how nerve-wracking it gets when you're leaving New York City. You just can't put a, a time on it because you just don't know what's going to happen. Is there going to be a car stuck in the tunnel? So I'm going crazy, but that was the best way to go because I don't want to pay for parking when I already have a parking garage kind of near where this thing was. So I, I get this. So I'm going to take the Revel scooter. I decided I'm going to take the Revel scooter even though I didn't want to mess up my hair because there were no city bikes. There were no electric ones. So I'll just take the Revel scooter, which is a couple blocks down now, and I go to, there's three scooters there, so I don't even reserve one, and I go to each one, and there's no hairnet in it, and I am like, I am not putting this helmet on my head without a hairnet. Now, I've told you this before, the, 
they come equipped with a hairnet, a blue hairnet. So, because everybody's using the same helmet, you want to use that hairnet. And none of them had a hairnet. And the funny thing is, I always carry an extra, but on my backpack, and I wasn't carrying my backpack. So I just put them away, and I'm like, I am not doing that. There's one time I put it on, and I was creeped out ever since. And I'm like, no. So I put it away, and then I found a regular city bike, and I'm like, screw that up. I'll just take that. And I still made I was I was like, I'm running out of time running. I still made it 20 minutes before anyone else got there. It's amazing. Every time I keep planning ahead, I arrive so early. So we go to this thing. I'm there with my friend Chris Murphy, and we're just laughing. At first, it's at the, the the bar, and then they're they're running late, and they have. It's so funny. We're all waiting in line to go into the room. I don't know what they were setting up, some sort of electronics, but for what? Who even knows? It's just a microphone and a pianist, and uh, you know, a giant picture of the. Uh, Where do you see this one? You know, you'll be like, ugh. <laughs> And it's this small room, and we're all waiting in this horrible lobby. And not even a lobby. It's like a walkway. And then there's a sign, which I took a picture of, on a, a just a you know a piece of paper, uh, a notebook paper, that somebody just wrote, Silver's Memorial. And I took a picture of it because I said to Chris, I'm like, hey, when I die, this is exactly what I want to tell people that the my memorial's inside. A tiny bit of paper with clearly no work done on it that somebody just scribbled at the last minute. That's... That's exactly what I want for mine because it looked really pathetic and sad. And I think I'm definitely going to do that for Rhoda. Rhoda's memorial, just on a, a piece of paper. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them to put that outside on the board outside, you know, just a, that we, uh, my sister and I just quickly put in Rhoda's funeral, like, a, you know, on a piece of paper, like, a, 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 like college-ruled paper. It's really pathetic when you see it. And so we're sitting there, me and my friend Chris, and we're, we're laughing at because everybody's crying and they're like oh she was great she was great and i'm like what what are they talking about who the fuck are they talking about i mean it, it was so weird i guess well those are her daughter i didn't even know they liked her but i i guess i just never talked to her about him about her but she had another sister or something and murphy and i are just laughing hysterically because we're like you know she's like look she knew when she hated you and we're just giggling because she really hated me and then we realized we're sitting right next to the camera and they probably picked up all of our barbs and I guess that's the last time I'll be seeing Zoe. But uh, totally worth it. Anyway, this thing was so fucked up. Everybody's so old or dead that they were bringing up people to sing or talk, mostly sing. And it was like at the end of Casino where all those old guys are in that. Some of the guys were so old, they had to bring their dialysis machine. Remember the end where they had the meeting in the back of who was going to, they got a whack and who they got a nut. Remember the end of Casino? They're all old and horrible. They're wearing oxygen masks and stuff. It was like that. Your Honor, as you can see, my clients are elderly and infirm. Any incarceration could pose a serious health risk. When the bosses were arrested, some of them were so old they needed doctors at their arraignment. And pretrial services recommends that bail remain as presently set. Go ahead and take a 10-minute recess. When it looked like they could get 25 years to life in prison just for skimming a casino, sick or no fucking sick, you knew people were going to get clipped. As I told Chris, I'm like, this is like the ending of Casino. Everybody's The first woman that gets on is wearing those Jerry Lewis you know, crutches where you really just can't walk. I think she's missing a leg. And she's saying, awful, because, you know, I'm judgmental about that. I mean, she was very nice. There's nothing to say about that. She's just 
wasn't very good because I am a, a, a snob about singing. The second guy that got up was that guy who I told you about last year that was at Dan Vitale's funeral because that's all I see him now, Michael Sergio, who used to be movie star good looks, the guy who parachuted into Shea Stadium on game six, fan man or whatever they call him. This guy was on soap operas. Now he's 500 pounds. He's disgusting. So he could barely get up. He's like, my legs fell asleep. Can you give me a moment? And they had to be helped up on stage. And then he sang. He was actually pretty good. And then this woman got up. I can't remember her name because I didn't know who she was. I mean, even once they told me her name, I didn't know. But apparently she got the Tonight Show just from being at the improv. And she looked, the way she was talking, looked like she had a stroke. And I'm like, is this, is this the way it's going to, I mean, is this, it? I mean, these people can't be more than five to 10 years older than me. I think it's just a coincidence that it's just people that aren't, it's not like I'm taking care of myself, but I, I don't think I come off like that. Maybe I do. I don't know. I, I feel like they're only five years older. So it was just weird that like everybody they invited up was just like, as if we were 89 and at an 89 year old's funeral you know like well i just want to say i thought uh, she was terrific it was, uh, i don't know that stuff so there's this guy this comedian that i've always hated named uh maurice and i've hated him and he's the reason i never wanted to go on tour again he's the worst person ever eh, kate might be worse mm, hard to say so i knew he was probably going to be there so i'm like just relax just relax because he creeps me out so he was definitely, he was the first person I saw, of course. I, don't, I didn't even say hello to him. I don't even look at him. I don't care. And then I'm friendly with this guy, or I was friend. I went to high school with this guy, Joe Salabi. And I haven't talked to him in two years because for some reason, maybe I told this, I don't remember. He moved to New York and he had a heart issue. And we've known each other since, you know, well, since I, he was in the production of Bye Bye Birdie with, with the Black Conrad Birdie. So I've known him for a long time. We've had a lot of adventures together. He truly is Kramer. And me and my friend Lawrence and Chris, we've all known Salabi over the years. And he has always been kind of a sweetheart, but, you know, he's always got something brewing. He's, he's always scheming. But he was an interesting guy. And he always had, like, a hookup. I mean, there's many ways I've characterized myself after him because he was always cool. He always had a hookup somewhere. And sometimes I've had my greatest nights with him, but Burnley had some heart issues. So I gave him a call and I'm like, I know I haven't been talking to him. I'm like, let me give him a call because I don't want to talk to him. There's, there's something about him recently. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be a part of this, but I heard he had a heart issue. So I called him out of all my friends. I called him and then something happened. I mentioned this guy, Maurice, and he got so angry, put on Facebook, Dave just has a piece of shit. And I'm like, wow, wow. That's there's something that I've done that makes him angry and jealous because there's just no other explanation for why he would write something like that. So I blocked him for the past two years and I said, God, I wonder if he'll be there. Well, wouldn't you know it? The thing goes from four to six at five forty. He walks in the door. I couldn't believe me and Murphy are like, oh, my God. But I, I was almost expecting it might happen. But I'm like, now, how could it happen? He doesn't have any connection to this place. But wouldn't you know it, the guy comes in and then he gets up and talks. I mean, just like Kramer would. He gets up and talks a story about Silver, but everybody's like, who the hell is this guy? Nobody knows who he is. So then I see him after, and I'm, obviously I'm going to be nice to him. I give him a hug. It's nice. It is nice to see him. There's too much history behind it. 
I mean, he always has been a friend. I just, I was okay with ending this relationship. And now he lives in the city. I think he works as a bouncer across the street from where we were. And I don't know. It, it was okay to see him. I just, I got to be careful because there's clearly something wrong. But I do care about the guy and I miss him a little bit. But it was, uh, so what are you going to do? But he clearly has no, like he's telling Zoe a story and you know the thing is breaking up and he's telling Zoe a story and everybody's coming to see Zoe because she's the grieving daughter and he's like no no let me just finish this story where what you should be doing is like I'll tell you later but he just doesn't understand that kind of stuff which is one of the reasons and he's like you still at the same number and I'm like yeah (laughs) what are you gonna do meanwhile Caroline Ray was there and she looked terrific you might know her from Sabrina the Teenage Witch and the funny thing is If you do know her from that, she was wearing a shirt saying something about witch. It had witch on it, like witches are real. So she loves that she's on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and that's hilarious. But she looked really good, because I don't know if you saw The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, where she was on one of the episodes. She didn't look that great, but she looked really good uh, last Saturday. Also, Michael Patrick King was there, because he is... I don't know if you have heard this guy, but he created Two Broke Girls, I mean, just as a... You know, as a guy that's going to be rich with Whitney Cummings, but he's also done Sex in the City. He's created multiple shows. He's got to be a multimillionaire just from two broke girls alone. That's why I brought that up in, in general. And he definitely started at the improv, and the improv got him to where he is. So it would make sense that somebody would be like that. But the fact that somebody like that, truly a, a television mogul or mogul, however that is pronounced, uh, to show up it was a big deal. And then there was a couple of other people I didn't recognize. And, you know, because most of those comics are just dead. So it happened too late. Because I was definitely waiting. I wish my friend Dan Vitale was there, but we went to his funeral last year because Dan Vitale would have given it to everybody. And, of course, at the end would have definitely said, can I just ask everybody a question? What the fuck is Juskow doing here? I mean, you, Me and Chris are assured that would have happened for sure. He loved giving it to me, but the good news was he uh, also stood up for me many times, especially against that guy Maurice, and it was terrific, and he was really funny. We've talked about him last year when he died and how great he was, and a really good guy who had a lot of demons, unfortunately, but he would have let uh, he would have been the funniest one because nobody was, like, really funny. I, I was surprised. And then, like I said, and then Zoe's, Sister sang, she wasn't too bad, but she sang my favorite song from Fame, which I play on the piano sometimes, which is um, not out here on my own. uh, When I'm down and feeling blue, I close my eyes so I can dream of you. What is it? Baby, be Why can't I think of the... Maybe it is out here on my own. Sometimes I wonder where I've been, who I am, do I fit in, make believing is hard alone, out here on my own.
guide me far and shine me home. Yeah, it's out here on my own. I got it right the first time. Get it right the first time because that's the main thing. Oh, Yeah, so she did a pretty good job. It's just, uh, but, you know, it's just, this, it's weird. Her sister's always been weird. She gets up and I guess she was a lesbian for a while. She goes, and it's a strange story to tell at a, a funeral, but she's like, uh, yeah, so I, you know, my mother was really great. I came out for like 12 years, you know, and then I realized I like dick. And I'm like, is this is this a necessary story to, to tell? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Or, when I, 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 I can you imagine if I? <laughs> the only time it would be necessary if I say that at my mother's funeral. Now that's hilarious. And then I called my sister and I'm like, oh my god, everybody was crying. They're getting up there. Can you imagine us at Grammys? You know, <laughs> she's like, what a bunch of phonies. Well, me and Beth, I mean, we might cry because we. You know, you cry, like I said, your mother, it's your mother. But, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I've been thinking about this a lot lately since everybody's mom's dying and all that stuff. It's that my mother was a great mom for the first 30 years or 40 years and then just turned this corner for the last whatever 40 to 60 is 20 years where she's just selfish and awful and not the mom I grew up with. I, I guess that happens to people. Not to me. I've always consistently been a jackass. So that's why I don't have time for nonsense when people change. I like consistency. It's the, that's the reason I am the last comic to be friends with Kevin Brennan, who everybody gets upset about. Everybody's upset. Oh, he's awful. He's this. He's that. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's exactly the same as the day I met him. And he's hilarious. Grow up, people. And he should have been there. I thought he was going to be at the funeral. And then we were going to have some fun, you know, but. Damn it, where was he? I got to call him and find out where he was because he's hilarious. I mean, I definitely met him there. You know, I met all these people there, including Chris Murphy, who I was asking. You know, I keep telling you about him. He's that, you know, he's been a good friend for years. And yeah, he used to work the door at the improv. He told me, and I didn't know this, that David Tell was the one who trained him to work the door at the improv. They were seating people and they would put this, this is what David Tell was doing. They'd put the, you know, seat people and then they put you on. Michael Patrick King was the same way. But this silver and the stories they were telling, the way she would judge people, she was awful. I, I think I told you before that when I auditioned, when Johnny Carson, I think I told you this, when Johnny Carson, and, and believe me, I, I should have gotten up and told this story, except I, I just really hate her so much. When Johnny Carson was on, I think, three times, at the end he was doing it more. But if you were on The Tonight Show and you know he'd be like, thank you, or you'd get an okay sign, which now, of course, is somehow racist. But you get the okay saying that was that means you did great. But if you got the, if he waved you over, wait, come over, sit down, I want to talk to you for a minute. I mean, that was unheard of. That was unheard of. That's the greatest thing that could happen to you. Your career's already made. And he was definitely doing that more at the end. And I don't remember who he did it to. I don't remember who he did it to. He might have done it to Roseanne the first time. I can't remember. Silver, 
did the exact opposite to me. I went over to see how did I do, and she waves me, get out, go away. I'm doing the motion right now. You can't see it. She waved me the opposite way, like, go away. Now, that story would kill at the improv when it happened, you know, with the the manager there and everybody that, that liked me, but they knew that she hated me. Uh, so they lo- they used to do that to me all the time when I would walk in. They'd do the get out of here sign. But that is where, of course, the legend grew that I was good with that. It, it didn't make me cry. I, yes, of course, I hated somebody like that. That's so rude to do. It's so rude. But let's face it, that is hilarious and definitely grew the legend that <laughs> Dave Juskow can take a punch, which brings us back to Kane Herman again. Now, you know, folks, hey So I get out of that memorial, and I walk to my garage, and I'm calling Lawrence, I'm talking to Chris, I'm like, Salabi was, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it was unbelievable. He got up and talked. That's exactly what Kramer would do. Wait, what the, how is this possible? How is this happening? He really is like Kramer. It's amazing. We had our own Kramer. He's just as tall as him, too, if not taller. And then uh, I went to the parking garage, and I got my car, and I just went right out of the city. It was fantastic. I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, of course it took, I was so worried. But, you know, you just panic. And I went to the show, and it was great. Again, uh, I really enjoyed doing this show. Is it the best show ever? Not really, but it doesn't matter. I enjoy it. I'm glad I'm getting paid. It's fun. The people are usually really nice. Kate didn't ask me for a ride, but she asked me for a ride home, which was perfectly fine. That's what I expected. This girl, Micah Fox, was there, who I like, who I met on, ironically, I met Micah Fox on Fox News. (laughs) We did the uh, Tom Shalhoub show together, and I said, oh, we've met before at this thing, and I was like, I don't know whether... You want me to tell where we met? She goes, oh, I don't care, you know, because some people don't like when you mention Fox News or something. But she goes, no, I I don't mind at all. It's basically, I just call it the Tom Shalhoub show, not that it was Fox. And she's cute, and she did a, a you know, pretty good job. And then there was uh, one of the guys from last week and this other guy, and everybody's real nice. They really enjoy doing the show. And so the, the, they didn't have drinks this time. So Kate's like, I could really use a beer. And I'm like, yeah, I want one too. So you know how I love the after show beer. And somehow I'm hanging around and she goes, hey, Jessica, I found beer. And I'm like, you did? How? She goes, come meet my new friend. So we go into the place where they just had a screening of the, what is it? The Julian, who's the guy who, Julian Assange? Is that the guy? Um, the, 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 the whistleblower? The Swedish whistleblower or something? And he's in jail now? Well, his brother came to do a screening of this movie and these guys that put it together who live in Rutherford, they're like 27, 28, just bought a case of Coronas. And they were kind enough to give me and Kate, well, it made sense with Kate. I think when I got there, they were like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Which I totally get, but they were very nice. I think I won them over because then they gave us another beer. And we had a really good time talking to them. And they were really uh, a little out there, man, but they were uh, drunk and having a good time. And Again, there's nothing better than winding down, having the after-show beer after a performance. You know what I'm saying? So that was pretty fun. And then I drove her home. And then, of course, she was betting on all that stuff again in the car. So couldn't really talk to her. But, again, I could, she doesn't care. I drop her off at the garage. And that's all I care about, that I don't have to go any extra place after that. It was beautiful. And, I, I again, that the fact that she found a beer for us. Well, I got to give her that. I got to give her that. And, you know, it wasn't a horrible time. So what are you going to do? You know, listen, 
she's uh she's a little out there man you know <laughs> but so am i so who's to say when i got home i went back to that sandwich place again i'm like all right here's gonna be the routine i'm gonna get something to eat after at this place again i took a picture of the sandwich board this time i got that whatever the sandwich i get and then I got I I saw this it looked like like shrimp salad I'm like well that looks delicious can I get that too and this I'm telling you this is so nice behind the counter at one in the morning on a Saturday I'm like the the girl behind me I guess remember me from last week hello Joe what can I do for you like uh, I, I know that's <laughs> racist but that's what what is she it's not Joe hello Joe I get that from Mash but um it's like somebody the clue hello Chief like something you know something like that where. She must call everybody the same thing, but I think she remembered me from last time. But whatever the case may be, I love it there. I don't know why. It, it, this little tiny place late at night, it's it's nice. It's clean. It's clean. They're, the people are polite. That's hard to find, especially now after COVID. And then I kind of enjoy I never even sit down to eat it. I just kind of eat at the kitchen counter and put on TV or something, like on my phone. And eat it standing up because, you know, I don't want to make it a big meal. I just want to kind of finish it and then go to bed because I got to work in the morning. But if that's going to be my uh, Saturday nights, then so be it. I mean, eventually I think I could probably go out. Maybe maybe I could go to the village, have another couple of drinks down maybe at my bar. It's just, you know, going down to the village with your car on a Saturday night just seems like, ugh, bridge and tunnel people and like, is it worth it? I don't know. But maybe it will be. I don't know. Well, again, I have to work in the morning, so it's hard to say. I demand respect around here. Respect. I respect you, Pop. Who wants respect from a 10-year-old kid? Meanwhile, just a couple other things, and then we'll get going. Things closed yesterday because of the air quality. So Jodie Comer, who you might know from, like, Killing Eve or something, is doing a one-person show on Broadway that's supposed to be very good, and I can't remember the name of it. I apologize. And she had to... During the matinee yesterday it was Wednesday they had the matinees doing the two o'clock performance she had, she went on for five minutes and then she had to stop because she was coughing because the air was trickling in and she's like I can't do this so she left and then the understudy apparently came in and did the show and they gave the audience the choice to leave or stay and you know thank God because you're going to see the actress from Killing Eve so my sister and I would have been out of there. But I guess a lot of people just don't care. They're going to see a show. So it's just so funny because on the news, they're like, and the reps from the show said that the understudy hit it out of the ballpark. And I'm like, you know, that's so, I don't know if that, I, of course they have to say that. Of course they have to say that. That's what they keep saying about Leah Michelle's understudy. They have to say that. And I'm sure she is good, but no one cares, but they have to say it. But then what kind of comment is that also to Jodie Comer? But of course, is it unprofessional to leave because the air quality? But, you know, no, anybody could fall for that. There's lots of people that just start coughing because, you know, people act differently to this air quality thing. It didn't bother me yesterday, but I'm sure it would at some point. Sometimes I get a coughing fit. This woman on the news had it yesterday. She was doing, she couldn't do the weather because she's like, uh, come back to me. Come back to me. It's trickling in and she's at 30 Rock. So you just don't know how it's going to affect. Maybe it affects people's minds. Maybe, you know, it's not in the air, but it's like you're thinking about it and it could be something as big as that. So, but it is rude. Like, oh, she hit it out of the park. I, I say just like, oh, we're going to keep her. And I don't know. It, I, I'd be furious if that happened to me. And 
Yeah, I had a medical issue, and they're like, the understudy was so good. And I'm like, shut up. And then finally, there's I've been watching this Mary Tyler Moore documentary that they've had on, I don't know, Showtime or HBO, whatever it is. And it seemed kind of interesting. But the best part is, and again, you need to see the Patreon bonus show uh, for the picture. Well, you don't need to. You could probably look it up somewhere. But there's this great thing, and she's like, well, I decided... I wanted to spend more time with my kids. That's the kind of mother I wanted to be because I didn't get that as a kid. I want to spend more time with my kids. And that was the most important thing to me, which, of course, I think at the end she didn't. But whatever the case may be, that's what she's saying. She's spouting this. This is the kind of mother I'm going to be. And the next picture is her outside the, a window, like on a, at a hotel, uh, with her son, showing him how to use a rifle. Like like a like a sniper. It's it's the funniest picture I've ever seen in context of her saying it's like I don't know whether they did that on purpose or whatever, but you're gonna love it. It's really fun. I just wanted to spend more time with my son and then she's showing him how to shoot a rifle. Now again, back then we all did that. We thought that was cool. I got a gun set every year for the first six years of my life. Uh, you know, a holster and guns. That's the way it used to be. So I understand that. But it is funny to say I just wanted to spend time with my son, you know, like in showing him how to use a rifle. <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore. That's the gag. The Mary Tyler Moore doing that. That's what makes it so funny. I don't know who. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of an example of somebody that would make more sense that you would show them that. But yeah, so it's a great gag. Anyway. That's uh, pretty much the show for this week. Now, if you saw our uh, Comedy Cellar Nightly show last week, then you knew the great Molly Heckerling was on, who I adore, and everybody knows it. I get it. I know you're all saying in the chat room, like, oh, stop gushing, but I can't help myself. She's wonderful, and you guys know it. Now, this Tuesday is going to be this girl, Rachel Lenahan, and I hope you find her interesting. I think she's pretty cool. I met her in Richard Klein's acting class. And she's doing comedy, but she's also a really cool artist. Like, she's doing this really cool thing. You know, we're giving her an opportunity to shine on the Comedy Cellar show. And the week after that, as you know, I said uh, comedian Joey Cola. On the Billy Joel show, this Tuesday is the, oh, God, right, the V's wrap-up show. <laughs> Wait, did I? Yes, then we didn't start the fire. And then you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you. But the point, but the V's wrap So, basically... You could listen to the Billy Joel show if you want to, but you know there's really no reason to listen this week. Uh, <laughs> I'm really good at promoting my my own stuff. So uh, next week uh, we'll come back with you, and I will tell you how things went to the track, went at the track on Friday. I'm sure I'll come back a huge winner. That's a guarantee, folks. I am guarantee. It's going to be a big day for me at the track. Come on, you know there's nothing. I've been waiting my whole life to be that guy. So that'll be fun. And other than that, I don't know what else is going on. I just hope everybody's having a great summer and it continues. I'll see you next time. I'm just going to city. Good night, everybody. You gotta be sincere.
Where they go 